You're listening to The Marn Report. Good morning. I am Daniel Maltzett with Fort Stewart Hunter Army Airfield Public Affairs, and I'd like to welcome you all to another edition of The Marn Report. I'm here with Richard Johnson and Jim Krupp from ACS, and today we'll be talking to you all about readiness. So, gentlemen, readiness. That's a pretty vague term. What exactly are we talking about here? Uh, Good morning, Dan. When we talk about readiness from an Army perspective or even an ACS perspective, we're talking about soldier readiness and family readiness. So soldier readiness is, you know, your PT, your weapons qual, being proficient in your job, being ready as a soldier to do your job, you know, from a military perspective. Family readiness has to do with making sure that your your family, your uh, spouse and your children have all the essentials they need to be prepared in case you have to go for an extended period of time on a deployment or a rotation. And also day to day, making sure that our families understand what resources are available to them and how they can go get the assistance and the help uh, that they might need, you know, with the different programs that we have in ACS and throughout the garrison. So readiness encompasses both of those. Soldier readiness, family readiness, all of that contributes to overall unit readiness, which allows us as a, as a military to go and do what we need to do and be successful. So, I mean, a lot of spouses or family members might be listening to this and maybe they just don't understand the, the gravity of, of being prepared for things such as a deployment. Can you give me like an example of, of, of something that could go wrong or something that could happen if you are not prepared? Um, well, good morning. Uh, one of the biggest ones I've seen in a long time is when a soldier deploys and their spouse is back here with children, legally, if that uh, spouse was to get hospitalized or incapacitated in any way, the children have to be watched by a guardian. And if the soldier is still going to take a day or two to get back, who legally can watch their kids? A simple uh, parental acts power of attorney would appoint somebody to act on the parent's behalf until that soldier returns. And it's just one simple little document. Uh, The old rule of it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it really comes into play with simple little things like that that could have been taken care of uh, right before the deployment or the rotation. Okay, so I'm guessing there's a whole number of situations similar to that that can arise if you're not properly prepared. So what are the main essential elements for those times spent apart from family? I, I think primarily, you know, it's a lot. It is a big, uh, big conversation, big subject. Um, and, and like I said earlier, it's kind of vague. But the things that, that you have to have, the, the, the essential elements, is making sure you have a plan. And we call it a family plan. Um, as, as Rich said, who, who would watch your children? I mean, we, we all kind of live in a world where mom and dad are both home or the parents are both home and we're here to take care of our kids. But if someone's deployed, now you have a single parent and God forbid something happens to that single parent. Maybe they're not able to watch their ch- Who's going to be responsible for them? You also need to have a financial plan. We're together. We're taking care of the finances together. Now you've got somebody in a deployed environment. They might not have access to, to be able to take care of the finances. Who's going to be responsible for paying the bills? Make sure the lights stay on and the, and the gas is on and things of that nature. What happens if there's an emergency? Rich mentioned a power of attorney for guardianship, but just having a power of attorney in general. 
You don't even think about it because you're normally together. If you both need to be somewhere to sign something, it's too easy. But if that person's gone and you don't have a power attorney that allows you to sign something in their name, there's going to be a significant time gap period where you're not going to be able to do something essential for your family because you don't have a signature or power of attorney. Having that in your mindset and being prepared and getting that done uh, before the, the actual deployment of the rotation is critically important to allow your family to be able to conduct business without interruption, I, I guess is what I would put. So having a family plan, having a financial plan, having an emergency plan, those are essential things. Soldiers have that stuff already laid out for them because we do that as part of our before we leave on deployments or, or extended rotations. But you need to make sure your family has that same plan. So in the event of an emergency, talk through some worst case scenarios. What happens if and what will we do? And talk to your families about that so you have a plan and, and you have those essentials in place so you don't have significant time gaps where you're not able to, to conduct business. And part of that is with the communication between uh, the family members uh, about the worst case scenarios is also talking about where are the resources. Mm -hmm. um, one of the basic questions that we ask when someone calls and says they have an emergency is, what unit is your spouse in? Most of the time they tell us they're in the army, which doesn't help, especially if you have a name like Johnson. So uh, just knowing basic information about the soldier's unit, uh, where the resources are, what to do, uh, how to contact the uh, American Red Cross. Uh, if there's a financial emergency, how do you go about requesting an AER assistance? All those little things that as you talk about scenarios, the soldier can do some research and make sure the family is aware where and how to get the necessary uh, support they need in those emergency times. Yeah, I, I imagine something even as simple as getting an ID can become a problem if you are not thinking about these things, correct? That's correct, Dan. And that's actually, you asked, you know, what, what are some things that are common? I know when I was active duty and we were downrange, probably one of the most common things that always happened was a, a family member lost an ID or couldn't get a new ID and they didn't have a power of attorney. So now they're trying to get a hold of the soldier who's thousands of miles away to try to now get a power of attorney. That might take two or three days. To, well, what happens in those two or three days? You don't have access to the installation, to essential services, to resources like Rich mentioned. You can't go to the hospital. That's simple. You could do that before you ever, and you, and you won't have that issue. And something as simple as an ID card commonly, commonly is, is, a, is a problem. And something that simple, you go, well, that's an easy fix. It, that's part of why we're doing this is to make people aware and get get your minds thinking about those simple things and if you take care of that the, the rest will fall into place is there any other common things that you see rich uh, mostly it's just the basics where do they go for resource uh, cys is another big service that we have on the installation that if our families would just go and register and talk and see what benefits that are there that most of them don't even realize that they could have been using uh, reduced child care, some free child care. Um, if they reside on the installation, they can actually sign up to get the yard work taken care of. If they go home and they live on the installation for 30 days or less, they can actually coordinate that and not lose the housing. So it's all about information, all about knowing the resources and making sure that the families can go into it and take care of it without the soldier. So the, the biggest thing we've, we've had an advantage over the last few years of soldiers 
deploying or going on rotations to installations that have been built up. A lot of communication, uh, being able to get back and forth very quickly. Unfortunately, one day we may not be able to do that. Our soldiers may deploy to an austere environment in which communication is limited to maybe once a week without emails. So we just need to plan and have the families ready for in case that was to help was to happen. So the, the goal with readiness, you know, from my perspective, being you know, prior military and uh, actually being a military spouse at one point as well, is to decrease your stress level. Um, because in the event you need something and can't get it, you know, that just adds to the stress that you're already under, whether it's taking care of your, your child, whether it's getting them to school, uh, any additional problem can just really set, set you off, set you over the edge. So readiness to me is really just a way to ensure your stress levels are manageable uh, while apart from, from your service member. So we talked about common problems, things that a lot of people see. Uh, what are some unique situations that you know, are maybe not common in the real world, but in the military community are actually pretty common during deployments? Uh, one of the biggest is actually getting an emergency information to the soldier uh, where they're located worldwide. Uh, and that's where the American Red Cross really comes into play. Because if there is a medical emergency, a death in the family, or something that's going on that we need to notify the soldier, the American Red Cross steps in for the Army and actually validates what's going on, and they send a Red Cross message downrange. Now, each unit is a little bit different, but sometimes they require a Red Cross message to validate before they will send a soldier home on emergency leave. So instead of just saying, hey, I need to go home, like a civilian would, jumping on a plane, we have to get permission. So that's one of the first steps that families to help reduce the stress, as you talked about, to know the resources, know who to contact in emergency, get that Red Cross sent so that that part will start working, but also forming the rear D about what's going on so that the SFRG may be able to step in and help if uh, they're local or just making sure that the family thought about all the resources that are available to them at that time, no matter the emergency. Because that's one of the big things about the Army. We have tons of resources. Unfortunately, a lot of our families just don't know uh, where they're at and how to, to access those resources, not just here, but nationwide. Because uh, some families will go home uh, because their family uh, needs some too, because they may have small kids that their mother or family or in-laws are gonna help out with, which is fine, which is a good family choice. But no matter where they're at, there's resources. Military, uh, Military One Source is a great one to contact. If they lose an ID card, they don't have to come back to Hunter there's deer's locations all over the United States that all they have to do is go on deer's locator uh, and they'll tell them, hey, you can, there's one real close by. My daughter was in Virginia. She didn't go to Fort Lee. She went to a Corps of Engineers. So just little things like that that makes their life easier with just a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of preparation. Okay. No, that's, that's, those are some important notes. So both you all have been deployed uh, both of you all have been deployed while married, correct? Yes. Correct. Um, so if you could tell me a little bit, each one of you, about an experience that you think is kind of something that somebody else could learn from. Uh, one of the ones for me is uh, w an earlier deployment 
my uh, uh, wife and children um, decided that they were going to um, move from where we were stationed at and they were going to move back home for a period of time because I knew I was going to be, be gone for uh, quite a while on that deployment. So what was important about that is it had to do with TRICARE and knowing that if you move out of a TRICARE region, you have to reestablish uh, your TRICARE at, at your current location where they were going to move to. Um, and so that was kind of unique because we didn't know that and we didn't find that out until she went to the doctor on a military installation you know, at home, which is different from our, our home station, and, and they had to transfer over their TRICARE benefits. So that was something I re always remember and I always share with people. You know, you're perfectly entitled to move back home, you know, and, and that, that's a common thing for, for families to do that for a period of time. But make sure that you, you we go back to the elements, make sure you have a plan, make sure that you, you have health care and that you um, transfer your, your TRICARE benefits to whatever region you're going to be in. And so that, that was kind of unique to me. And I remember that being in that, that that was at our expense. The military wasn't going to pay for, for my family to move and then move back when I came back from my deployment. So you have to be prepared for that financially for that expense. And so that, that always st stood out to me. And I always kind of bring that up when I talk to people about use that as an option, but no, be prepared for that and the things that go with it. Just with that one story, mm -hmm. I could pinpoint the importance of financial plan, mm -hmm. the legal plan, as well as, you know, family care plan. I mean, that's correct. I mean, that, that one situation, all three of those things kind of come into play there. Uh, any, any situations with you? Uh, I was retired S1. So and, uh, it's an old tale about the soldier not updating their uh, SGLI. And the insurance uh, goes to an ex-spouse. I can tell you for a fact I've seen it happen at least four times where soldiers did not keep their documents up to date. And their, unfortunately, their current family was the one who had to pay for that. Uh, currently, I'm an AER uh, officer for Hunter Army Airfield, and I just helped a spouse whose soldier left their SGLI to someone other than their current spouse. So it's, a, it's an old wives' tale about updating your paperwork, but it really does happen. And I know the chain of command always harps on it, but still sometimes I'll get to it. Now's the time to get to it. Because it's not, it's once they're downrange, they're not going to have the time, typically, to take care of this lot of stuff that they could have done while they, before they got on the plane. Wow, yeah, that, my wife would not be happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to say the least. Um, all right, so when it comes to resources, uh, what are some upcoming events or some important resources that we haven't talked about? Well, obviously, since we work in ACS, uh, you know, we're always touting ACS resources. We have about eight different programs in the ACS umbrella, and, and I always tell people, and, and this is advice I would give, you know, uh, myself or my soldiers, there's so many things available to you. Where do you start? ACS is a great place to start. Now, if you know you need to get an ID card, obviously, go to the ID card section. If you need to get a power attorney, go to the SJA. But your um, EFMP is part of ACS. Your financial um, um, 
readiness program as part of ACS, mobilization and deployment, where Rich and I uh, work, you know, that has to do with, you know, uh, SFRG classes, soldier family readiness group classes. That's all part of ACS. So when you think resources, ACS should be at the top of your list as a, as a resource. And if we don't have it available to you, we can generally refer you to who, who you need to go to for support and assistance and resources, whether it be the hospital or another um, garrison uh, agency. Uh, we can make sure we can get you referred to the appropriate agency. So start with ACS as a primary resource, and, but also know what those resources are. Uh, Rich kind of mentioned about knowing where your spouse actually works at. Bring your, bring your family on post, show them where you work at, show them where the hospital and the PX and the commissary, because you'd be surprised at how many people live off post and never come on the installation. And then when the spouse leaves and they're gone for a period of time, now they want to access the installation to take advantage of those resources, and they don't know where they're at. Point out where Building 1286 is here at Hunter Army Airfield, where ACS is located on the main post at Fort Stewart, you know, and make sure you're, you're kind of familiar with where those resources are. No. Fair. Now, to help out with that, on the 16th of February, we're actually bringing all those resources together at uh, Tomanac Gym, our fitness center, uh, so that at uh, 3 p.m. and 6 p.m., we are going to have briefings. We're going to have uh, just some resources, information tables that families can go and actually talk to those su uh, subject matter experts about what what do they need to access their resource what benefits do they have by registering what can we do for them and it's a one night to take a knee take a deep breath and say okay what do i need what will make my life easier in case of an emergency and what can i have right now instead of running to all the different resources all throughout the installation and some off the installation resources as well will be there but to come in sit down with the brief, talk to the SFRG, talk to the Religious Support Office, CYS, ACS, of course. And besides that, there may be some free stuff for the kids. And if you are listening to this after February 16th, 2023, uh, there are actually several that are going to be scheduled uh, out past February. So make sure you check the uh, ACS Facebook as well as the Fort Stewart and Hunter Army Airfield uh, Facebook properties for more information and updates. Well, thank you all for coming on today. Um, we encourage our community to get out there, check out these readiness fairs, check out these resources, and reach out to ACS if you have any questions or concerns. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. The Digital Garrison app is a one-stop shop for everything you need to know about Stewart and Hunter with real-time information to keep our military community connected. Users can access a variety of information such as gate hours, an installation directory, weather, installation news and events, online shopping, push notifications, and more. The Digital Garrison app is available for free through your favorite app store. Set your location to Fort Stewart, Hunter Army Airfield, and you'll never miss a moment.